It's nut-cutting time for the Warriors, and down goes LeBron. Let's take a look at the West. Let's go. Locked On Podcast Network presents John Lund Unleashed with longtime Bay Area sports personality John Lund of Papa and Lund on KNBR 680. Steph Curry is the biggest innovator in the history of the NBA. Not Jordan. The dunk was cool before. John's on the loose. Talking the hottest topics in Bay Area sports every weekday. You can't have a baseball museum without the single season and all-time home run champ Barry Bonds. Yep, he cheated. Two things. Tell me unequivocally who didn't. And if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. And if you're looking for someone who tells it like it is... Christian McCaffrey, are you kidding me? Once Kyle Shanahan figures out this toy, the 49ers will win the NFC, and that loud groan you just heard is echoing from L.A. through Green Bay and all the way to Philly. You've come to the right place. It's John Lund Unleashed, and it starts now. Oh, what's happening? John Lund, Unleashed, various sports talk. A ton going on, by the way. We'll get to it in just a second. Great being back on KNBR today. You can catch me on my KNBR radio show with the voice of the 49ers, Greg Popper, from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. Weekdays, we are back together today. Any of the interviews, go to KNBR.com. Combine coming up. We'll have a lot of combine talk at the end of the week. I love the combine. I'm a dork for the combine. Even though the 49ers don't have a pick until 99 in the third round, We'll talk a lot about the combine. We'll get into the Giants, what we've learned so far. But tonight, I want to focus on the Warriors because they have a night off, and it's a good time to sit and look with 21 games, a key stretch of games coming up. The West, I think, is starting to crystallize a little bit, even though it's really bunched up, and I'll tell you about that. But thank you for joining us on the YouTube channel. If you're watching, we'll have some graphics up. If you're listening on the podcast, thank you very much. To subscribe to the podcast, your favorite podcast, Apple, Spotify, all those places, make sure that you subscribe there and you can take the podcast with you as far as the a video portion of it so you can feel better. And I don't know what's going on. I think I have like a Conan O'Brien thing going on. If you're watching on the YouTube channel, please subscribe on the YouTube channel. All you have to do is search Unleashed, various Sports Talk, John Lund, any of those things to get it done. Tell all your friends. We will do a... Uh, chat tomorrow. Let's do a live chat tomorrow, 7 p.m. Pacific time. Actually, let's see. That's right, right when, the, when the Warriors start. Let's do it at 6 p.m. Pacific. Let's do it before the Warriors game, and we'll get into some other things as well. But again, Giants, Combine, NFL, free agency coming, all these different things, guys getting released, so they don't have to guarantee contracts, all sorts of rumors flying around. So all week long, we're getting into a ton of stuff. But like I said, Great time to talk about the Warriors and get into the Warriors. And first and foremost, let's do a couple of things, and then we'll start looking at standings and the way the West is starting to crystallize. And I talked to Sam Amick today in my, uh, in my, on my KNBR radio show, and he talked about a couple of things and had kind of the same feelings I do on a couple of teams in the West, so we'll get into that conversation as well. But again, thank you for watching or listening to Unleashed. Area Sports Talk with me, John Lund from KNBR Radio in San Francisco. We drop this thing Monday through Friday, so make sure you're listening on the podcast and watching and subscribing in both of those places, YouTube channel and on the podcast comments, questions, thoughts, all those things. And I say this all the time. You don't have to agree with me. I like it even better when you don't. Uh, I like it when you bring something to my attention that I hadn't thought of. So comments, questions, obviously on the YouTube channel, you can just put it in the comments section. Uh, if you're listening on the podcast or if you just want to do it at a later time at John Lund radio on Twitter, Instagram, I'll get to your comments that way as well. So any constructive criticism or discussions, questions, comments, I will absolutely get to. So make sure that you leave your uh, comments and we'll get to those. All right, 
as far as the Warriors are concerned, a couple of things, just if you didn't hear the KMBR show, Clay, the way he's playing offensively, 42 against Houston, 32 in the victory against the Timberwolves. And that game, to me, is interesting because it's the way the NBA is, and it's why the West is so bunched up. You had the Warriors missing Curry and Draymond Green and Andrew Wiggins. You had Minnesota missing uh, Rudy Gobert and and uh, Carl Anthony Towns, and then these two teams go at it, and you think, why isn't there any consistency? Why can't teams pull away? Because nobody plays anybody all the time. And what's ironic about it is 10 years ago Monday was when Steph Curry scored 54 at Madison Square Garden to kind of put himself on the map. Now, obviously, he had been playing for a year, few years, but when you do it at Madison Square Garden, you score 54 that puts you on the map. And what's funny is they had played an overtime game in Indiana the previous night, and then Steph Curry plays against the Knicks and scores 54 with no rest on a back-to-back. And it's just, you know, it drives me absolutely crazy. It's not going to change. I'm not going to be get-off-my-lawn guy, but that's just kind of the way we do things now. It was also the seven-year anniversary of Bang! Bang! Where he, of course, got the shot 121-118 in overtime in Oklahoma City. To improve the Warriors to 53-5 and five in 2016 with that long three-pointer over Steven Adams, who was kind of backing up, and Steph threw it up. And that was kind of the also the advent of, okay, Steph will shoot it from anywhere. So you have to come all the way out, change defenses, everything else. So that's a couple of things that are going on as far as the Warriors are concerned. Uh, before, again, one more thing before we get into the standings and all the discussion of where the Warriors are in the Western Conference at this particular point with 21 games to go. Uh, flash this up on the screen. The Detroit Pistons lost to the Charlotte Hornets. But as you can see there, uh, James Wiseman, 27 minutes, 9 of 11 for the floor, 4 of 6 from the free throw line. Of course, he was a minus 11, which is a hugely flawed statistic, but okay. He had 23 points and 7 boards. I'm not here to say that that's going to be, that this trade is going to be, you know, Robert Parrish, Joe Barry Carroll, giving up Kevin McHale. You know, the Warriors have a lot to pick from, to choose from as far as bad moves in the history of their organization and an organization with this front office that has been as successful as they have been. Certainly they're going to make a mistake every now and then, but I'll keep harping on this. I don't know how good James Wiseman's going to be, but I know this, he can get 18 and nine in his sleep and he's 21 years old. He's played just over 60 NBA games in his career and he played three games in college. What did the Warriors think they were getting when they drafted James Wiseman? I just, I am completely confused to why they just didn't say, look, we've just got to find this guy 15 to 20 minutes. If he makes mistakes, he makes mistakes. It's kind of like what the 49ers were trying to do with Trey Lance. They just said at some point we got to play him. Now he got hurt. Jimmy came in, Brock Purdy. If Purdy's surgery goes well, Trey Lance may never see the field, but I understand that. Because it was clearly beaten out at one position, it's totally different. But from a from a standpoint of giving guys opportunity, Trey Lance may not feel like he got an opportunity. He got he got one. He just got hurt. James Wiseman never got an opportunity with the Warriors, and every single mistake he made was magnified and ripped so, so much to the point where he was looking over at the bench in every single play. And Jonathan Kaminga is getting that way as well again after thinking, okay, Kaminga is going to get regular minutes. He doesn't. It's no rip on the Warriors. You make mistakes sometimes. But what did you think you were getting with James Wiseman? Steph Curry is going to be 35 years old in March. When Steph is 38, 39, in about three, four years, when James Wiseman is 24, 25 years old, he's going to be a monster. Now, I don't know if he's going to be Joel Embiid, which a lot of people comp him to just because Embiid got off to a slow start with the injuries coming out of Kansas. But he does have that kind of talent. And I was never for the trade. I wasn't for the draft pick, to be honest with you. This was before the draft. 
And I didn't know much about LaMelo Ball, but I wanted LaMelo Ball. I didn't think Wiseman fit. It was guard one through five. And look, LaMelo Ball doesn't guard, and he got injured tonight in that very same game. But all I'm simply saying is I didn't like the pick of Wiseman. But once you made the pick, you kind of were, well, I got we got to develop the guy. I mean, we took him second overall. And I understand everybody saying that, you know, it's a winning organization and you got to earn your time. Yeah, but when you pick a guy, you got to give him some minutes. And Detroit is in a perfect position. I don't know that Wiseman would have ever developed here. Uh, mentally, he was losing it. I don't know. You know, after a while, this happens all the time with a lot of athletes. They just have to move on to a different environment. And the Pistons have told Wiseman, just go out and play, man. We don't care. Just we're, we're terrible. We have 15 wins. We're going for, you know, we're going to, uh, whatever it is, suck for Vic, for Victor. Uh, one Bayama. And so, you know, they want him. So I don't know what Wiseman's going to be long-term, even in Detroit. But this year, right now, they're playing him. And 23-7, and seven, when I watched a lot of the game, he wasn't overly dominant, but he made some plays where just go, whoa. I mean, he's really talented. And you, have to, you had to let him play a little bit. And when you drafted him, you knew that. And you couldn't have the patience, and you didn't have the patience. And it's, just, it's going to look bad. In three or four years, you're going to look back on this and go, okay, we traded that guy for GP who? who was on our team, who we could have just resigned. And I know we've done this in the podcast before. I'm just simply saying that it's a really, really bad idea. It's just a, it was a really, really bad idea. And I, you know, it'll be interesting when the whole last dance thing comes up, just like the Lance da- last dance thing came up for, you know, the, the whole uh, bowls situation. I just wonder if it's going to be a similar situation in that, some people didn't want to cha- trade James Wiseman or some people didn't want to take James Wiseman or some people didn't want to in the, and I'm talking about the front office or some people in the front office didn't want to, uh, you know, draft Kaminga or whomever the case may be. But it, it's funny in retrospect and everything being 2020 that you can look back at maybe in Kaminga and thought, well, could we have taken a, uh, a Franz Wagner or somebody like that who could have contributed more? Could we have taken, you know, Tyrese and we, I mean, I'm talking as the, I don't, I'm not a we, I don't play or work for the Warriors. I'm simply saying that in the front office, I mean, them talking as we, you know, Halliburton instead, because maybe he was more ready to play. There was discussions of that. If they wanted to extend that window, extend the window. If you were going to try to do both things, then you had to go all in on it. Much like the 49ers tried to do with Trey Lance. So you're in on it because you want to win, but you try to do two things at once. And to do two things at once, you had to play James Wiseman. To an extent, and you have to play uh, Jonathan Kaminga to an extent, and I do, I don't think Kaminga is developing either. Like at times you see Kaminga, and he's getting it, and he understands his role, and you're thinking okay, and then he gets pulled out for dumb mistakes. Well, Jamichael Green makes dumb mistakes, and Divincenzo makes dumb mistakes, and I mean I, I'm not saying these, those are bad players; they are they're good players. Anthony Lamb makes dumb mistakes. Ty Jerome makes dumb mistakes, but yet they get to continue to play. And look hindsight's 2020 and it's really simple. All I'm simply saying that in three or four years, it's going to look like a really dumb trade. It looks like a dumb trade now because of the injury to get to GP two. And I don't know if I'm the only guy GP two, isn't going to be the difference between winning a championship this year or not. I mean, it's nice that he can be a perimeter defender, but he floated around the league for years and years. I like the guy, but you know, when you try to go back, you know, in any relationship, I think I'm gonna go back to that relationship. He was magic for a year. I don't know if he can get healthy, and I don't know if he, he'll even help that much. GP2 is not going to be the difference between the Warriors winning a championship this year or not. He wasn't last year. He was nice, and it's a great story. I love the story, and I like the guy. I'm just saying, without him last year, they still win the championship. And this year, with or without him, they, they're going to finish where they're going to finish. And James Wiseman's going to develop in Detroit, and 
I can't imagine a situation unless he just doesn't work hard. We've heard that he works hard, heard that he's a good kid. I can't imagine there's a situation in which he doesn't make all-star teams. Again, I'm not saying he's going to the Hall of Fame. I'm not saying he's going to be down, going to be one of the all-time greats, but he's going to get 18 and 8, 18 and 10 in his sleep. And then it's up to him to take it to the next level. He's a very talented kid who came into the NBA having played three college games and the Warriors at 21 said, nope, can't do it, can't handle it. And by the way, do you see how much money we saved? Who cares? I don't care how much money you saved. It was a bad move. Anyway, didn't mean to go that long in the tangent. James Wiseman, 23-7 and seven in 27 minutes on 9 of 11. Look, there's going to be games where he looks terrible, and you can hit me up and go, look at how horrible Wiseman looked. He's 21. He's played 60 NBA games. Come back at me in like two, three, four years when Wiseman's 24, 25 years old. He's going to be one of the top centers in the league. <laughs> I mean, it's obvious. And the Warriors could not, even though they knew that they were going to have to wait on the guy, they could not wait on Wiseman. It baffles me. And the same thing looks like it's happening to me to Jonathan Kaminga. I think at the end of the season, if I'm his agent, get me out of here. You're not going to play me. I get what I'm worth. My worth might be down. I, I, I need My kid needs to play. He's two, he's two years into the season, and he's not going to have played a meaningful role on the Warriors. And Anthony Lamb and certain guys are playing ahead of him. I don't get it. You got to play guys consistent minutes to see what they can do so they're not staring over at the bench every time they make a mistake. It's not a great environment. Give all due respect to the Warriors, but the Wiseman and the Kaminga, and especially now that we're seeing that and Wiseman can play. That was never really a question. It was just, will he get some dog in him? And you're starting to see at times in games where he's like, I, I'm 7-1 and, you know, 250 out here. I'm the biggest, baddest man out here. When he gets that mentality and understands that on a night-in and night-out basis, he could be really good. All right, let's pop up the standings. Let's get over that. Let's uh, pop up the standings here. And the reason why I wanted to do this at this particular point was with the <clears throat> schedule that's upcoming, we'll get to that in a second, it was a great time to look at the Western Conference. And we had Sam Amick on our KNBR show, which you can hear weekdays, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m., KNBR 680 in the Bay Area. We're streaming at KNBR.com. We had Sam Amick on. And we got into the Western Conference. And it's always it's been my opinion all season long in the Warriors that it really wasn't anything that they're doing, but I'm, I'm look at, looking at them and I'm saying they have championship medal. They can get it together. They're going to be a, a force to reckon with. Now we're starting to see with about 20 games left, and I would call this down the stretch, 21 remaining. Maybe a couple more weeks to down the stretch. Maybe I'm doing that a little too early, but this much is true. Denver at 43 and 19 is a really good team, and I do think they'd beat the Warriors in a, in a playoff series, especially in one in which they have home court advantage. Uh, the Grizzlies are slipping a little bit. If it was a 7-2 matchup with the Warriors against the Grizzlies, I would take the Warriors. Uh, I asked Sam Amick this because he watches the Kings a lot more than I do, and that 176-175 game against the Clippers was bananas. Nobody's going to question whether the Sacramento Kings can score, and I, don't, I certainly don't want to shortchange them, uh, but they still aren't a great defensive team at 35-25 and 25 in the West. I fully expect the Suns, who on March 1st are going to get Kevin Durant, uh, in a debut against the Charlotte Hornets. So they're 33-29. and 29. I fully expect the Suns to be at least the three seed. That drops the Kings to four. And it's nothing against the Kings. It's just I don't know what they are come playoff time. Shorten up the rotation, a little bit more physical, play better defense. How's Sacramento going to do in the postseason? So I would at least drop them to four and probably five. Uh, the Clippers at 33-30, and 30, as you can see right there. And the thing that is intriguing, again, for them, and they're a lot like the Warriors, they just – they're just trying to get to the playoffs. And if they can get a top four seed, 
That's probably what they'd like, get home court in the, in the, in the first round. But with Paul George, with Kawhi Leonard being healthy, and then, look, Russell Westbrook is everything just based on what you expect of him. If you expected him to be a star, you know, if you, if you expected him to be a big a part of your big three like the Lakers did when they got him, then he's going to be miscast. But if Russell Westbrook is a guy who can come off the bench, play a little bit with your second team, not be relied on to, you know, score 20, and you know, he can have a, a good role. And on the Clippers, it seems like those guys want him. And he's embraced versus like the Lakers who LeBron didn't, uh, LeBron did want him and then he played with him and then he didn't want him. And things kind of went sour on him and all the questions he was getting asked by reporters after the games are negative. And you just tell it was just wearing on him, it was grading on him. And it seems like even though he's playing in the same arena with this team, he just kind of fits. Now it's early and I get it. And he's a, he's a massively flawed player, but he also has talent and he plays hard and that kind of fits into what the Clippers do. So Russell Westbrook might, just be a positive as far as the Clippers are concerned, and they're sitting in the four, and I think they'll move up. The Mavericks in at 32 and 30, to me, they're a complete mystery, and I'm not a Kyrie guy. It's not personal against Kyrie. It's Kyrie, the basketball player. And when you see Durant, for example, going with the Suns, nobody's wondering if, if Kevin Durant can fit in with the Suns because he already did it with the Warriors. And the Suns are a type of team that they're close to a championship, we're close to a championship, and they're sitting there saying to themselves, Kevin Durant's a positive. We don't care who gets the ball or the credit anymore. We're, we've been on the cusp of a championship. We want to win one. Now, the Warriors had already won one, but they knew how to share the basketball. So Devin Booker's not going to be a problem, and Chris Paul's never a problem because he's trying to move the ball. And DeAndre Ayton's never been a top uh, a guy as far as you know being in the – I'm the number one guy offensively, the number two guy offensively. He's always kind of getting here and there and garbage stuff. So DeAndre Ayton's not going to be affected by it. And all of them going to look at Kevin Durant and go <laughs> – Dude's one of the best players on the planet. We're going to give him the ball. And I think that Booker's going to understand that, and I don't think there's going to be egos involved, and I think they're going to move the ball, and I think the Suns will be fine. So it's a different situation than Kyrie, who's used to handling the ball, and Luka, who's used to dominating the ball. I just don't see those two fitting together, and they haven't so far. Now maybe, come playoff time, we still have the 20 games. Dallas is going to get it together. The Warriors will get to in a second, sitting in the seven. Utah, I don't think, is going to make the playoffs. Give them a ton of credit for hanging around. As long as they have, and Laurie Marketing. I, I mean, the dude that was in Chicago, this isn't the same dude. He had 43 over the weekend. I watched that game. He's been bo- he's been balling. Uh, Minnesota, it's it again, like the Warriors a little bit, and, and the Clippers, it, it's dependent on health. Now, I don't think they're great, and again, they don't play any defense, but Carl Anthony Towns is out. Rudy Gobert is out. We saw that the other night, that game over the weekend. It's like, well, that's how the Western Conference plays. Guys aren't playing. Anthony Edwards was their only really good player playing that night. And so if they get some health, they could be something decent. The Pelicans have been in a tailspin. And then you go to the bottom, it's the Blazers. And then the Lakers, and as you can see on the board there, LeBron out several weeks. I thought that the Lakers were getting on a roll. I like picking up Malik Beasley, who's been shooting it well for the Lakers. Jared Vanderbilt. I don't know why the the Jazz got rid of him. I think he's a nice glue piece. In fact, I would have much rather had... Jared Vanderbilt uh, than GP2. If they, I, I know they weren't going to work a trade with the Jazz that way, but I would like you. You're looking for a guy. He's he's kind of a Kavon Looney-ish kind of a player, young player, and he would have been a great guy. He, he's only about six seven, six eight, but he plays bigger, kind of like Looney does. I like him. He would have been a nice addition. He'd have been kind of Looney light and a younger version. And and even though Looney looks older, he's still young too. But that would have been a nice guy. But anyway, the Lakers got him, and they put some decent players. 
and some players that fit better around LeBron. But now LeBron's got an, uh, a foot injury, and he could be out several weeks. So that's going to change the fortunes of the Lakers because I thought for sure the Lakers were getting in the playoffs. And Oklahoma City's just kind of hanging around, and then the Spurs and the Rockets are out of it, as you can see. So I marked this whole thing up. So as you can see there, it's very crude. But I think by the end of this thing in 2021 games, as you can see, Phoenix in the four, I think is going to be the, I, and I'm, I'm not saying this is what the records will be. Denver's going to have the number one record in the West. But the reason I did this is I think this, uh, I'm doing this based on who I think is going to be the best team come playoff time. I think Phoenix is going to be number one, and I think it's going to be uh, fairly easy. The Nuggets are going to be number two. And they're going to have the number one record. I would not want to play the Nuggets if I were the, the Warriors. I've been playing. I've been saying this all season long. The Nuggets haven't really beaten anybody. And the Nuggets and the Warriors have gotten together in the playoffs. And the Warriors have won. The Warriors struggle with Jokic as everybody struggles with Jokic. But with Murray and Porter. And the, I just, I, I think that Denver would beat the Warriors. Obviously, Denver has home court advantage. I don't think they would win. I don't think the Warriors would win that series. Three, I think the Clippers, that's going to be the third best team in the Western Conference. Again, I'm not saying record-wise. I'm saying threats in the playoffs. That's how I have it marked. So one is Phoenix, two is Denver, three is the Clippers. I put the Warriors four, and I'm not even sure if I believe that. But it's almost by default because I think they're better than Memphis come playoff time. Memphis is young. Memphis hasn't won a lot. Memphis is cocky. They think that they're – they act like they've won something, and that pisses off the Warriors – and so the Warriors play very well. In fact, I would love a 2-7 matchup. I'd like to, obviously, you want to stay out of the play-in. I'd like the Warriors to stay out of the play-in, get the 7 and play the Grizzlies in the first round, and I think they'd win that series. So I put the Warriors fourth biggest threat in the West come playoff time. Memphis 5, because I just don't think they've proven anything. They're a good regular season team. They've struggled at times. But I don't think that they're a team in the playoffs that are going to be one of the top teams. Could be wrong. I put Dallas 6 they do have talent. They don't have a lot of depth. Uh, I don't think that Kyrie and uh, Luca are going to figure this thing out in those 20 games. And then I read, I think, yesterday that that Kyrie wants max money, max years next year. I can't see anybody giving it to him unless the Lakers are that desperate, and they probably will be. Sacramento, I put it seven for my Sacramento friends and listeners. It's no disrespect. It's just if you haven't done it, people are going to be skeptical and count me among the skeptical. They don't play enough defense. I like De'Aaron Fox. I like... Sabonis, they've got some players on that team. There's no question. Mike Brown's got them playing at a nice level. But I think Sacramento is a team that is going to fall a little bit in the standings. I think Phoenix is going to pass them. I think Clippers are going to pass them. Uh, the Warriors and Mavericks could pass them. Uh, they're going to make the playoffs. And for Kings fans, that should be enough for now. I think, they're, I think they have a bright future. I love Mike Brown as their head coach. I'm a big Mike Brown fan. I just don't think they're going anywhere in the playoffs with that defense and inexperience. They can prove me wrong, and you can call me a jackass. At John Lund Radio or hit me up on the comments there. I would put them seventh on the threat list. Eighth, I'd put the Lakers. I'm assuming at some point, sooner rather than later, LeBron James does return, so I'd put them eight on the threat list. Nine, I'd put Minnesota. That's if they can get healthy. That means Carl Anthony Towns. That means Rudy Gobert. That means Anthony Edwards. Just everybody at one time. Let's see what they can do. And then I had to put somebody 10th, so I put the Pelicans. I don't really have a lot of confidence in the Pelicans. To me, the thing that's interesting about the Western Conference is now, and what I mean by it starting to crystallize is Phoenix is going to be good. Clippers, if healthy, good. Denver is going to be really good. And then where do the Warriors fit? I guess fourth, and I just put that as threats. I'm just saying that's not how they're going to finish from a standing standpoint. Denver's going to finish one. Likely the Grizzlies will finish two. 
I think Phoenix is going to finish three, and they could make a run to two, but I think they're going to finish three. I think that probably the Clippers will finish four, Sacramento five, Warriors six. So I think they're going to finish six. Probably not. They won't get enough. I think Dallas will finish six. Warriors are going to finish seven. And then if they play Memphis in the first round, like I said, in a 2-7, that would be a lot of fun. And I think they'd win in that scenario. So, again, that's just the way I see the threats in the Western Conference. Disagree, agree. At John Lund Radio, hit me up in the comments section. That's how I see the Western Conference as of right now, February 27th, 2023. All right, so let's look at the schedule. And this is really fascinating at this point. So you got Dame coming off the 71, and he always plays well here. Uh, that is tomorrow night, home. And then you get the Clippers, and Russell Westbrook, I think, is a good fit on that team. So I think they're starting to kind of come around, and they're starting to hum a little bit. So that's on Thursday. Then you get a back-to-back against New Orleans. Then you got, uh, and so those three home games, Portland, L.A., and New Orleans this week. Then on Sunday, you're at the Lakers. No LeBron in that game, likely, at OKC. At Memphis, and they're going to be all jazzed up. Milwaukee is the only Eastern Conference uh, game in this nine-game stretch. Then you come back home for Phoenix and then on the road again against the Clippers. So eight of those nine games are against the Western Conference. All but Portland and Oklahoma City right now are in the playoffs. And the thing that's interesting about that is all those teams are in the mix. You even put Oklahoma City. All those teams are in the mix. So we're going to say all season long the rest of the way with 21 remaining, this is a key stretch, this key stretch, this key stretch. But when you're looking at Portland, L.A., New Orleans, L.A., the Lakers, uh, OKC, Memphis, throw Milwaukee out for just a second, Phoenix and L.A., those are teams you're going to be competing with in this conference. And it's so tightly wound that at the end of that nine with eight against the Western Conference, we're going to know a lot. Now, of course, going down the stretch, but this is really key, playing the Lakers, playing Phoenix, playing the Clippers two times, and starting with Dame coming off the 71 and him coming home and the Blazers are still in this thing. I don't think the Blazers are going to be one of the top 10 teams, but that's really an interesting stretch for the Warriors, and it's absolutely huge. So that's where we are right now. I don't really look at where everybody is in the standings at this particular point. I mean, the Warriors are seventh, but if you look at this whole thing, Phoenix in the four hole at 29 losses, all the way down to Portland at 31 losses. So you're talking from four to 11 Two games in the loss column separate everybody. So, honestly, that's why this nine-game stretch is so important. I mean, if you, for some reason, if Steph doesn't come back at any point during this stretch, and we don't know what's going on with Wiggins and his personal situation, Draymond Green, we did get some good news on him today. MRI came up negative, which is positive. Got to keep that straight. MRI negative, which is positive. So, he's going to – he's uh, he'll probably come back against Portland. So, that's really nice. But without Steph, we know what this team is. So, it, it's all dependent on Steph. If he comes back in this nine-game stretch, great. If he doesn't come back in this nine-game stretch, and again, you're throwing Milwaukee in there too. So, I don't know, five and four, four and five, kind of like what they've played all season long, hovering around that 500 mark. That's probably the best you can do. Well, in that same time, Phoenix now gets Kevin Durant, and the Clippers are getting healthy. And the Mavericks are trying to meld what they're trying to meld with, with two guys who like to handle the ball. You know, teams are starting to kind of get this thing together. Okay, all that stuff about not playing, let's get everybody on the same page. That's what you do in the final 20 games of an NBA season, especially now. You start honing things in. All right, let's, you know, we didn't play guys on back-to-backs. We're going to start doing that because in the playoffs, they don't have those. You know, you don't have to, all these games become magnified in really key games. 
So in the Western Conference, if Steph doesn't come back during this stretch, five and four, I mean, is that the best that you can help uh, hope for? Possibly. That's going to be a tough stretch of games. So just wanted to take a quick look at the Western Conference. Wanted to give you an update on James Wiseman. I think that trade is going to look really bad, and I think it's for as great as this front office has been, and it has been great. You can tell that it's, it was it was just very short sighted to to trade James Wiseman. If you were going to select him, which I wasn't behind, but if you're going to select him, it doesn't look to me that he was a guy that couldn't earn any minutes. I just don't believe it. You know, Jamichael Green has had moments this year. James Wiseman's better. Anthony Lamb, guys like that playing ahead of Kaminga. I just don't buy it. Uh, you have a certain responsibility to develop and play. And Steve Kerr often talks about game, you know minutes aren't given away. I don't think you would have been given minutes to, to Wiseman. I don't think you would have been giving free minutes. I'm talking about free minutes, free minutes to Kaminga. I just don't think so. Because when you drafted those guys, you got to play for the now and the future. And if this season, which has been so up and down, and certainly, and I, I told Sam Amick this today in my KNBR show, I'm, I'm still the last guy in the Titanic and I'll play the violins. I still think the Warriors have a chance at this thing. They could go anything from out of the playoffs to winning a championship. That's, that's the honest truth. The way that the season has gone probably leads to maybe not out of the playoffs, but maybe in the second round. I mean, something along those lines. I think that if they're a seven seed, they can beat Memphis. But, you know, can they beat a Denver? Can they beat a Phoenix? Can they beat the Clippers? Maybe. Phoenix is going to be really tough. Denver's going to be really tough. You know, I looked early in the season, you know, Phoenix without Kevin Durant, I think they win that series. Denver has is, is kind of converted me a little bit. They're playing really good basketball. I don't think the Warriors win that. Now, is it a six or seven game series? Probably. I'm not completely off the bandwagon when it comes to these guys. And I said, all bets are off if Steph gets hurt. And I haven't seen Steph back yet. I saw a little bit of video of Steph today, but he wasn't moving like Steph. He wasn't, you know, taking a bunch of jumpers. He was just kind of hanging around on the court. So until Steph comes back, the jury's still out. But the clock is starting to tick now. We get down to 20 games tomorrow, Tuesday being against Portland. We're down to 20 games. Something's got to get real. They got to start playing like the team that we saw last year, you know, in previous years. And until they do that, the only thing we can bank on is, well, look at the Western Conference. Nobody's running away. But at some point, that that doesn't become a good argument anymore. It has to be, look at this stretch of games that the Warriors are putting together. That needs to become the argument. And until Steph Curry comes back, we just won't know. So anyway, quick look at the Western Conference. Update on James Wiseman, who looks like, uh, again, tomorrow he could go 0 for 10. I know that. But he's 21 years old with about 60-plus games of NBA experience and three in college. He's going to be a good player in the NBA. So we got that update for you. And LeBron's going to be out several weeks with the Lakers, which could change their trajectory or probably will. So I think we got everything. LeBron out several weeks. KD's debut coming up March 1st. Russ and the Clippers seem like a decent match. Kyrie and Luka don't know if they're going to get it together. And I mentioned the Kings as well. They can prove me wrong, uh, but uh, it is tough, your first foray. Congratulations. Getting into the playoffs, I don't know how far they'll go. That is your update on the NBA. And that is Unleashed. Barry is Sports Talk with me, John Lund from KMBR Radio in San Francisco. Listen on the podcast, Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your favorite podcast. Just search John Lund Unleashed, Barry is Sports Talk. Same on the YouTube channel. Thank you very much for watching on the YouTube channel. Please subscribe. Tell your friends there as well. And hit me up anytime. Questions, comments, thoughts. You think I'm crazy. That's fine. At John Lund Radio on Twitter. It is Unleashed. Barry is Sports Talk. With me, John Lund from KMBR Radio. Only on the Locked On Podcast Network.